Welcome to Salisbury Christian Church's Sermon Podcast. The sermon you are about to listen to was delivered on June 22, 2014. This week, we take a look at the prophet Jeremiah and how he encouraged us to speak the truth, even when it's not the popular thing to do. Please be sure to check out our website at salisburychristianchurch.org for the latest news and events at Salisbury Christian Church. I have a question for you. What is a prophet's main job? Prophesy. Very good. Okay. What does it mean to prophesy? To tell what's going to happen? You fell right into my trap. A prophet in contemporary terms, means basically a fortune teller, right? We would say that they're most like someone who predicts the future. But if you look through the prophets, and that's partly true, if you look through the prophets, they speak more about the future in present terms than they do about the present, or they speak about the present in future terms rather than the future in present terms. Jeremiah was a prophet. Just like his uh, contemporaries and some of his predecessors, his main job was really to preach the word. They have a gift of of being able to uh, not necessarily predict, but tell folks about what God is going to do. It's really just about preaching the word and bringing people of their present day in alignment with God's will. That's what a prophet is. If you look through the prophets, and especially Jeremiah, they were called to say things that were difficult to hear. They were called to say things that they knew people weren't going to like. And yet they did their duty. They didn't do it without complaint, though. As we discussed in uh, Sunday school several weeks ago, uh, the characters in the Bible, we have this misconception that they're perfect people, but they're definitely not. They complained, they doubted, they sinned. Jeremiah is no different. Though we don't get to see uh, his... uh, a lot of what he went through in his life, we get this picture of Jeremiah, who is often called the weeping prophet, meaning that he tells the people what God has him to say, and then he comes back to God and says, I wish you wouldn't have made me say that. Then he always comes back around. But I know what you have said, God, is good and true, and people need to hear it. Jeremiah was called to say difficult things to a nation that was out of control. To a people who were turning away from the God that had delivered them into the promised land so many hundreds of years before. So he comes onto the scene. 
the northern kingdom, Israel, has already been taken away into exile. Jeremiah is prophesying in the southern kingdom of Judah that still has control of Jerusalem. But during Jeremiah's ministry, Jerusalem is taken over. Uh, Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar, who we talked about last week, Nebuchadnezzar uh, put in power a king of his choosing in Judah. So you have this man in power who didn't, first of all, want to hear what Jeremiah had to say. You also had a religious order of priests who were telling everybody not to listen to Jeremiah. They were, the nation of Judah was filled with people who didn't believe a word that God said. This is the condition in the environment in which Jeremiah is called to preach. God calls Jeremiah to speak the harsh realities to his countrymen. And right off the bat, he is told they're not going to listen. How would you like to be Jeremiah going into a situation that you already know is going to be difficult and second of all going in and saying things that you know people aren't going to listen to? God calls each and every one of us to say difficult things sometimes, to tell the truth when the truth is not the popular thing to speak. In chapter 7 of Jeremiah... Verse 27 specifically. You don't have to look in your Bibles because we're going to be all over the place in Jeremiah. We'll get to the main thing here in a second. Verse 27 says, When you tell them all this, they will not listen to you. When you call to them, they will not answer. Therefore say to them, This is the nation that has not obeyed the Lord its God, or responded to correction. Truth has perished. It has vanished from their lips. Jeremiah is called to speak to people who aren't going to listen. In all of chapter 7, especially the beginning of chapter 7 of Jeremiah, he calls them out on their inconsistency and their backsliding in their religion. It calls this section in your NIV, it says, false religion is worthless. He is told to say to them, hear the word of the Lord, all you people of Judah who come through these gates to worship the Lord. He's at the temple when he is speaking these things in Jerusalem. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel says, reform your ways and your actions, and I will let you live in this place. Do not trust in deceptive words and say, this is the temple of the Lord. This is the temple of the Lord. The temple of the Lord. If you really change your ways and your actions and deal with each other justly, if you do not oppress the alien, the fatherless, or the widow, and do not shed innocent blood in this place, and if you do not follow other gods to your own harm, then I will let you live in this place, in the land I gave your forefathers forever and ever. But look, you are trusting in deceptive words that are worthless. 
these people believed that since the temple of God was in Jerusalem, that nothing ever bad would happen to that city. God is telling Jeremiah to preach that this is not true. If they are to turn back and look to God, then he will spare them. But God already knows that their hearts are so hardened that something much more drastic is going to have to come to change their minds. And it's going to come into the form of some enemy that is Babylon. It's already taken over the northern kingdom. That's Jeremiah's next thing. He delivers a, a story of destruction and exile that's to come. They're going to take the religious leaders, they're going to take ordinary people, they're going to take everybody they can into Babylon. You will have no more home to call your own. That didn't make him happy either. If that wasn't enough, he delivers a word of correction and discipline. He seeks to expose Judah's wrongdoing. In chapter 5, the uh, NIV heading for this, no one is upright. Chapter 5, go up and, this is God talking to Jeremiah, go up and down the streets of Jerusalem, look around and consider. Search through her squares. If you find but one person who deals honestly and seeks the truth, I will forgive the city. Although they say, as surely as the Lord lives, still they are swearing falsely. So you have this condition of people going around thinking they're following the Lord's will, but in reality they're devoting themselves to other gods along with their God. It goes through and lists these things. They've forgotten the requirements of the Lord. It says, I will go to the leaders and speak to them. This is... Uh, Jeremiah talking back to God. He says, I will go to the leaders and speak to them. Surely they know the way of the Lord and the requirements of their God. And then God answers back, but with one accord, they too have broken off the yoke and torn off the bonds. Therefore, a lion from the forest will attack them. That's a euphemism for Babylon coming. A wolf from the desert. A leopard will lie in wait near the towns to tear to pieces any who venture out, for their rebellion is great and their backslidings many. So here's Jeremiah saying all these things to a people who are already starting to see the effects of suppression by an enemy, people who don't want to hear a word of correction. And then in chapter 11, this is where it kicks off for Jeremiah. The covenant, the agreement that God made with his people in the desert of Sinai during the Exodus, that he would keep them in this land, the covenant, the promise that he made is now broken. Jeremiah eleven nine. Then the Lord said to me, There is a conspiracy among the people of Judah. And those who live in Jerusalem, they have returned to the sins of their forefathers who refused to listen to my words. They have followed other gods to serve them, both the house of Israel, the northern kingdom, and the house of Judah, the southern kingdom, have broken the covenant I made with their forefathers. 
Therefore, this is what the Lord says. I will bring on them a disaster they cannot escape. Although they cry out to me, I will not listen to them. The towns of Judah and the people of Jerusalem will go and cry out to the gods to whom they burn incense. But they will not help them at all when disaster strikes. You have as many gods as you have towns, O Judah. And the altars you have set up to burn incense to that shameful god Baal are as many as the streets of Jerusalem. This is God's judgment. He has just delivered judgment. The covenant is broken. This covenant that has stood for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years with the people of Israel is now broken. Not on account of God breaking the covenant, but on the account of the people breaking the covenant. This is the last straw. Jeremiah is attacked. There's a plot against him. Eventually, the king of Judah puts him in prison. He beats him. He has him put in the stocks. And in Jeremiah chapter 20, Jeremiah reaches a breaking point. Throughout the book of Jeremiah, you'll see sections that say, Jeremiah's complaint. They're spread all throughout. Jeremiah 20 verse 7 says, O Lord, you deceived me, and I was deceived. That word deceived can be translated persuaded. But in Jeremiah's mind, it seems like the Lord has deceived him into thinking that this is going to be a great thing. When in reality, God told him nothing of the sort. But this is Jeremiah's concept of it. It says, you overpowered me and prevailed. I am ridiculed all day long. Everyone mocks me. Whenever I speak, I cry out, proclaiming violence and destruction. So the word of the Lord has brought me insult and reproach all day long. Right before this, Jeremiah does an illustration of all illustrations in his sermon. He gets a jar of clay, or a clay jar. He says, this is what's going to happen to Judah. And he smashes it on the ground. See, the word for ruin and the word for jar in Hebrew are almost exactly, phonetically the same. And so it not only showed that the shattering of Judah was going to take place, but it was a wordplay saying that Judah is going to be in ruins. They'd had enough. To further insult, Jeremiah goes (laughs) uh, to the priest His name was Pashur. He says, I'm not going to call you that. I'm going to call you Magor Mizabib, which means terror from every side. And then Jeremiah sends this complaint to God that he is being reproached. He gets to only proclaim violence and destruction. But look what he says further on. Verse 9 of chapter 20. But if I say... I will not mention him or speak any more in his name. His word is in my heart like a fire. A fire shut up in my bones. I am weary of holding it in. Indeed, I cannot. Folks, regardless of how difficult the truth may be to tell, 
If you are a follower of Christ, the truth cannot help but rise from your speech. Jeremiah, as much as he disliked his message, he knew that the truth must be told. He knew that people wouldn't listen. He knew that people would ridicule him. He knew he would be persecuted. He knew he'd be thrown in jail by the very people who represent God. Yet he says, even when I say and think about not mentioning or speaking in God's name, he says, something causes me to say the truth, to speak the truth, regardless of the outcome. His words were incendiary, meaning they lit fires under people, angering them, maybe causing them to see their wrongdoings. Caused a fire beneath him. Maybe they didn't want to face it, but he brought it out to the forefront so it couldn't hide any longer, and they had to deal with that issue that Jeremiah was bringing forward. And instead of dealing with it, they threw the messenger in jail. Christ told us that at some points when we spread his message, we are going to be treated just like Jeremiah. But before we get on our high horse and say, well, yeah, that government, they're telling us not to speak. Jeremiah is speaking to the people of God. He's speaking to the family of God saying, even you sometimes don't listen. Folks, it is true that we say things. If we are preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, we are going to say things, and most often we are always going to say things that are not going to make people happy. Yet, if you have the Holy Spirit within you, the gift that is given to you as a believer in Jesus Christ, you shouldn't, like Jeremiah, be able to hold it in. When we say things like, deny yourself, that goes against what the world has to say. The world says, please yourself. We say, no. Jesus says, deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow me. Love your enemy. Who says that anymore? We should be. These types of things anger the world. They cause them to say and tell us to sit down and be quiet. You're old-fashioned. You're out of touch. Jeremiah went through the same thing. He went through the very same thing. And God's message to us and to Jeremiah is still the same. The very first few verses of Jeremiah. He says, The word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. And Jeremiah replies, Ah, sovereign Lord, I I do not know how to speak. I am only a child. 
But the Lord said to me, Do not say I am only a child. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. From the very get-go, God makes this statement, I know you're going to have troubles speaking the truth, but I am going to be with you. And what does Jesus say before he ascends into heaven? The very same thing. The world is going to hate my disciples, but fear not. I am with you to the very end of the age. Folks, if you are worried about what other people are going to say or what they're going to think about what you're going to say, it doesn't matter because Jesus says, I am with you. And even in Jeremiah's complaint in chapter 20, he goes on to say, God is like a warrior who is going to defend me. You have God on your side. No human reproach, no bad word about you or jokes about you being old-fashioned or archaic or whatever the case may be is not going to have any breaking power over you. It should have no power over you at all. I'd like to read a little portion of Jeremiah 20 to close out the sermon today. After he says, I am weary of holding it in and indeed I cannot hold in the truth. I hear many whispering terror on every side. Report him, report him. All my friends are waiting me for, waiting for me to slip, saying perhaps he will be deceived. Then we will prevail over him and take our revenge on him. But the Lord is with me like a mighty warrior. So my persecutors will stumble and not prevail. They will, fall, they will fail and be thoroughly disgraced. Their honor will never be forgotten. O Lord Almighty, you who examine the righteous and probe the heart and mind, let me see your vengeance upon them. For to you I have committed my cause. That's a recurring statement in Jeremiah's prophecy. To you I have committed my cause. If all seems hopeless and you're discouraged by what people say to you when you try to share the truth, take a step back, get some perspective, and remember that you have committed your cause to God. 